Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to present my good friend and business partner, Brett Mosher, this prestigious community award. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure why the award for County Business Person of the Year is only going to him, considering we run the garage together, but that's not important. I feel like I'm a big winner tonight too, just like Brett is. So without further ado, the Treadway County Business Person of the Year, Brett Mosher. Let's give it up for him. Um, thank, thank you, Travis. I've, uh, I've, pre I've prepared some notes. Um, just, uh, as many of you know, cars are very important to our day-to-day -day lives. You have to drive them to do our jobs to earn a living. If you can't drive, you can't make a living. Seeing so many crappy cars in our community, I knew we needed a trustworthy garage. It made me reevaluate what I want to do with my life, and that's help people. When you think about it, a car is more than a car. It is your lifeblood. We at the Hollywood Chop Shop aren't doctors, but we want to save your life. Sure, this award is nice, but this garage, is it everything it could be? No. This is just the start. I want this garage and this community to reach its true potential. That is why, as County Business Person of the Year, I will do my best to bring you a full review of the 1999 film, Election. Thank you. A high school teacher with little resistance to temptation attempts to fix a class election to prevent an overachieving student from wedging herself further into his life. Jim McAllister, fearing he will befall the same fate as his best friend and former teacher, sets a plan in motion to prevent Tracy Flick from becoming the next class president and seducing him into betraying what ethics he has left. Will Jim's plan to get the most popular kid in school to run against Tracy work, or will he elect to take a darker path? Hello, we are your cinema mechanics, Brett Mosier and Travis Santana, and we welcome you to the review of Election. All right, Travis, give me your diagnostic. What, what was your initial thoughts of the hit? And I do say hit knowing it is a, a box office flop, 1999 Election. Well, first, before I really get into the review, I would just like to commend you for your introduction of this film. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was very curious about what I would, would think about this movie and, and the directions we would go, because this is one that I saw when it was relatively new, and I, I thought it was, it was great. It was some subversive. Uh, I think it was a star-making turn for Reese Witherspoon. I don't know uh, if I had saw her in anything prior to this movie, but uh, I thought it was excellent. I thought there's a, a lot to talk about, but uh, just as a 
subversive view of politics, uh, using high school as the backdrop. I, I thought this was a, a very fun movie. Uh, what about you? Uh, yes. No, I actually I really, really enjoyed this movie. So I, <laughs> I was not quite sure. I guess with most movies that I have no background in or I've never seen a trailer, I'm not exactly sure what I'm getting into. Um, you could kind of prime me that, it, oh, it's, it's kind of a dry, dark comedy, which I'm a huge fan of that genre. Uh, I thought that it is it makes you laugh in all the right places. Uh, the the acting I thought was 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 great. I um I did have a couple beefs with with the movie. Um Nothing, nothing too major. I, I did think it was very enjoyable. Um, and then, uh, like I said, I just we'll, we'll we'll get into it. Overall, enjoyed the movie. Um, but we can, you know, kind of kind of jump into to what we loved and and didn't well, necessarily very, like about it. Very quickly, let me ask you because I think it's important to ask. So, this was your first time seeing the movie. This was my first time seeing it, and I'll say this: I don't know if it's because. You know, uh, as we're talking about the trilogy and all that, um, the faculty came out a year before this movie and I got to watch an HD version of it, I guess. I did not get to watch an HD version of this. And it's like it's crazy how much it looks older than the faculty, even though it was released a year later. Like it, it looks aged. It's I don't know when film changed and got like better, but I just know in 99, it still looked like a movie from 1999, you know? Well, just for posterity, at, where did you watch this movie? At home. Well, no, I know that. But what streaming service did you utilize? Uh, Amazon Prime. And, and you still, the, the transfer for you was, was inferior to the faculty? Oh, yeah. No, the faculty looked much better. Interesting. Interesting. Because I would go the complete opposite way. But Here's the thing. I had to pay to rent the faculty and there was an HD version, I got to watch the election for free. And I don't know if that's the difference. It's because, um, what is it? Amazon Prime didn't, didn't offer the HD version for, for free. Interesting. Well, you know, let's not get too into the weeds of, of, of the HD quality through various streaming services. Um, I think there was a lot to love about this movie, and I, I think I touched on it at the beginning. The, the first thing, really, for me... And it's it's hard for me to debate. I, I don't think anyone would have a debate, but God, Reese Witherspoon, you could just tell that she's a star. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, she's she's acting opposite Matthew Broderick. And, of course, uh, I mean, by definition, this is a movie where she's playing the student and he's a teacher. So uh, it's easy to especially with Matthew Broderick being, I, I wouldn't say a great actor, but he's a name actor, Ferris Bueller, of course, the mm -hmm. whole school element. Uh, but Reese Witherspoon just in a role that could easily go sideways because you're trying to uh, portray a high school student that's the equal of this teacher, Reese Witherspoon does that in spades. I mean, that that that's my favorite part of the movie in general. It's just you can tell that she's going to be a, a great actress. She is, and what my... And I she great actress and all that. I don't know if the casting was necessarily right for her because I did some research on this movie and the book that it was based on and, and what that her character was supposed to be. I don't know if it's just my preconceived notion of who Reese Witherspoon is and the roles that I associate her with. She did not come off, come off as conniving or manipulative to me in, in this it, movie wow. at all. Wow, interesting. No, I didn't. Okay. I did not think she was. Here's here's one of my issues is 
and this this is one of my issues with the movie is the whole point is that she's supposed to be a manipulative person you know matthew or jim matthew Broderick's character accuses her of cheating and all this but the only evidence of her cheating and the entire thing is when she ripped all the posters down and she had to dispose of them. But even that was not an act of, to me, like spite or malice. That was like she was in a fit of rage. You know, she had been worked up based on the fact that she was basically going to win the election. She realized that Mr. M uh, basically sat there and is, is trying to get, you know, somebody to run against her so that she'll lose. And she feels like she's slighted. She basically loses her cool, tears her own poster on accident, and then goes basically berserk, and then afterward realizes what she's done. And that's why I'm supposed to believe that she's cheating and manipulative in, in the movie. I'm like, it just, I didn't get that. Get that. That wasn't, if you're going to accuse somebody of being a cheater and being very, you know, manipulative, I expect more than just, oh, when she did lash out and tear down the posters she disposed of them like and i don't know if it's because this is in a high school setting so what is the worst she could do but i'm like it wasn't like she tried to fix the election she didn't try and throw ballots in like if anything like she was nosy and tried to find out if she won ahead of time but like at no point did she ever try and fix the election or anything like that so i just yeah well interesting uh because it sounds to me like you're not completely believing Reese Witherspoon as Tracy Flick as the manipulative person that would try to steal this election. And I, I don't know that I ever thought about it, and we can talk about that. But it, it's interesting because it makes me raise a question that I had when I was watching the movie, which uh, by complete opposite, to contrast Matthew Broderick's character as Mr. McAllister— the whole reason he's brought down, and spoilers for this movie, but the reason he's brought down is because you see him cleaning out the the staff refrigerator, and he throws out some Chinese that misses the trash can and lands mm. on the floor, and the janitor is very displeased with this. So that's fine if that's the reason that brings him down, but literally probably a minute or less, we see him after he talks to Tracy, he picks up a piece of trash that he did not put on the floor and puts it in the trash can. So it's interesting to me that the whole reason his plan is brought down is because it's the janitor perceives him as a bad person, just throwing Chinese food on the floor, and not picking it up, which I guess, I mean, we don't see it on camera, but I guess he leaves it there. Otherwise, why would the janitor, the janitor have a grudge? But uh, a scene later, he picks up the trash and throws it away. So is that the movie intentionally making us feel that both characters are in their own way correct or at least not the villain? So my what I think is interesting is I, I agree. I think that the movie could have, especially because this isn't a book, it's a movie. You could have easily put in more scenes of the janitor watching Jim McAllister like doing something wrong because Jim McAllister, the way he frames himself or even Paul frames him in the beginning of the movie is essentially that he's a great guy. He's super involved with the students. He cares very much about the school and the well-being of the school. So you're right. The, the, the janitor seeing him throw accidentally miss the garbage. Cause even that, the fact that he's willing to clean up the garbage can is kind of, you know, he's doing something for the greater good because most people would have just ignored it. Cause I can't even remember if in that scene he needed to put his lunch in there and he was trying to make room, but he's actively trying to clean out spoiled food. He's not just shoving stuff around. Like he's trying to do the right thing in that situation. So 
I definitely think, and even then I thought it was weird, like, oh, he just threw two ballots in a garbage can, and then why would, like, to me, I'm like, he's smarter than that. This has to be a result of the fact that he's so frustrated by what he's done in his personal life that he's actually kind of losing his own edge, much like Tracy did. Again, kind of, these characters are, are almost on a parallel path in the fact that, like, they're very cool, very, you know, composed, and then when they finally get to that breaking point, they kind of lose their cool, and, and all of a sudden they're making choices that they wouldn't normally have to, and, and they're trying to basically recover from those decisions. So in, in terms of what this movie does well, let me ask you then, because it, it seems like we're, we're talking around it. Um, do you find both main characters, and that would be uh, Jim McAllister, played by Matthew Broderick, and Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon, would you find them equally sympathetic? If I'm completely honest, I was far more sympathetic with Tracy than I was Jim McAllister. I think Jim, my problem with Jim McAllister is that Jim McAllister was not self-aware of himself in the situations. What And this is one of the notes I had down here. It's like what I really did love about this movie is it's almost written like an essay um, in the sense that the movie kind of starts off with in the classroom about the whole discussion about what ethics and morals are. Um, and basically that's What's the difference. What, well, the ethics is kind of like, those are, you know, from a society standpoint, these are kind of like the guy, not the guidelines, but like, these are the rules of engagement. So I, and then morals are kind of like your own guide and stuff like that. So the best way I can kind of frame it is in why I kind of like the way it's, it's done this way. It's like morally, Jim did not have a problem cheating on his wife ethically he had a problem with the idea of sleeping with a student so the idea of cheating wasn't the issue because morally he was corrupt in that but ethically from a society standpoint he knew having a relationship with an underage student was an issue so like that's kind of the issue that that's the difference between the moral and the ethics in this movie because jim's whole problem basically from the beginning is that he's not very good at at temptation right if he's and you know apples are constantly brought up throughout the movie which i assume is you know um, the, the whole thing with Adam and Eve, the temptation of the apple. Um, so he's not very good with temptation. Ultimately, he winds up realizing that he's going to possibly go down the same path as his best friend who wound up having a relationship with Tracy and therefore he's, his whole life will be ruined. So that's really what sets the entire thing. The, the movie in motion is Matthew Broderick's character, Mr. McAllister being like, I can't have Tracy being class president because she'll be around me more. And ultimately, I'm going to sleep with her and it's going to destroy my life. That, that, would you agree that that's the framework of the movie? Is that he feels being that close to her, it's inevitable that they're going to have a relationship? Uh, yes. What's his, uh, what's the friend's name in this movie? Do you know offhand? Uh, offhand? No. But I can tell you it's Dave Navanti. No, Novanti, because I'm yes, looking at the yeah, IMDb Dave. page. There you go. There we go, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So he he is able. It's almost a case of do as I say, not as I do. He's able to be the moral authority regarding Dave when he tells him, "Hey, you should not be doing this with Tracy." But when the opportunity presents itself to him, he knows, to your point, he cannot resist. So he's almost trying to head it off at the pass because he, it's easy for him to preach to his friend 
but he knows that if that situation presents itself to him, he's he's not going to be able to resist. And, and I feel like that's that's true to life. I feel like uh, many times it's easy to give the advice to someone you know as long as you don't have to follow that advice. Mm-hmm. Well, and even then, just Jim's character as a whole, like the idea that he cheats on his wife with his best friend's ex-wife who is getting a divorce because he watched that, that whole that whole dynamic to me is interesting it's like you're watching your best friend cheated on his wife which basically destroyed his life and then you're actively trying to now sleep with that woman knowing what she just went through and like i honestly didn't expect that to linda to fall to his kind of seduction or like for his advances um just because of that i'm like oh linda's like i mean i know that she's I, I don't damaged is not the right word. And I'm glad I didn't just say that, you know, but like she's she's going through issues because her husband basically slept with an underage girl and all that. And, you know, Jim has inserted his himself into that and is now trying to take advantage of that situation. I'm like, I was surprised that they took it down the, that path where Linda actually did sleep with him, but then he immediately regrets the decision and comes clean. Like. And that to me is really where his whole life falls apart is once linda basically tells his wife because then the beasting was weird when he gets stung in the eye i'm I'm not i wasn't quite sure thematically or you know metaphorically what that was all supposed to be about but oh i i think i have an idea about that i mean i i wasn't sure if it's so on the nose is like again it was because they were circling an apple tree i'm like is it because he fell for temptation so now he's being punished i just thought that there would be more to it than that if that was what they were going for with the bee sting him having him having an actual physical representation of his infidelity well, I, I, I felt like it was just an easy way to make him look monstrous. His behavior is monstrous. I mean, you, you pointed it out by your description. He is literally taking advantage of a situation to cheat with this woman. And the only reason she's vulnerable is because her husband has already cheated. So he is just taking advantage of that. And, and that's monstrous. So. Mm-hmm. To me, to make him look ugly with the bee sting makes sense, it, uh, even if that is obvious. Yeah, and even to go back to the whole thing about him not being self-aware of the whole thing, like, he feels that she came on to him. He says, you, you kissed me, you hugged me, you're the one who started this when they actually have sex. And I'm just like, no, you've been not only hinting at this, but, like, you've been trying to do this. Like, this has been your objective, and then once it actually, you achieved your objective— you wanted to place the blame back on her. She's the one who made an advance on you. It's like you placed the joke with the whole like, should we get a hotel type thing? And even because again, when which she makes was that, not a joke, no, which wasn't a joke at all. And when she says that's not funny, and I'm like, oh, like, and that's why again, I was surprised when him and Linda actually do hook up. Is I'm like, oh, everything in this points at like, like she is not about this, you know. And he he was basically gonna have to back off from there. But yeah, it's uh. Like I said, I didn't. I did not find him. I definitely didn't find him as a relatable character, but I. I did not sympathize with him or his situation at all. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up being able to sympathize with him as a character because I think he he calls it out again. His friend, uh, I'm sorry, uh, what is it, Navani? Dave. Dave. Dave Navani. Yeah. He's willing to or at least is aware enough to, to prescribe the the diagnosis basically of, hey, Dave's the kind of 
guy who got into teaching because he didn't want to leave high school, mm-hmm. which I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, there's been times where I've looked at my old high school and who's teaching now. And there are people that I went to high school with that are now teachers. And I think to myself, wow, academically, it doesn't seem that they would have an interest in being a teacher. But uh, the phenomenon of I don't want to leave high school, so let me continue to teach is, is very real, mm-hmm. I feel like. But it seems like Jim McAllister uh, – in his mind is above that, but really when it comes down to it, he's willing to have uh, a relationship and, and cheat. His moral failings uh, for him, as, as long as you don't have sex with the student, you're morally just, even though mm-hmm. he's willing to interject himself in high school dealings with Tracy Flick just in a different way. He's not going to have sex with her, but he's going to sabotage her election, which – He's no different than his friend in that regard. He's still willing to throw away his life by interjecting himself into high school affairs. Right. And again, it just it goes back to to Echo. I really feel like the movie is about Jim has no morals. He he's not a moral character. He does have ethics in the in the sense that he understands socially what he he should and shouldn't do, and therefore his ends justify his means. Because again, morally, he can do whatever it takes as long as ethically he can justify it and it all rolls back into i I just i appreciate and i know it's very on the nose but i do like when a movie basically it does it's again it it was almost written like an essay it sets itself up this to me is what the movie is essentially about is the ethical and moral dilemma of what's going on and then watching the outcome of those decisions even to the point of like the the moral and ethical dilemma of um was it Trish? Is that the sister? Paul's sister? I know Paul's sister. I don't know if that's the name, but yes, um, go ahead. But yeah, Paul's sister, uh, Tammy. Sorry, there's so many fucking there T names go. in this name. So Tammy, Tammy feels betrayed. So she betrays her brother, and like, and then Tammy's ex lover winds up getting with the brother to get back. And I'm like, it winds up being this weird, convoluted, like everyone's trying to get back at each other, and again, everyone being essentially morally corrupt and then realizing ethically what is right and wrong and trying again it's like i said i just i really appreciate the the movie kind of is circling around that and just you know staying true to that to the message that they're going with um another thing just to kind of change subjects here that i legitimately loved about this movie is i love the use of good theme music and I mean, like, like oh, not theme yes. music, like Knight Rider had a theme song. I mean, like when thematically, like when two characters share a scene together, every time they share a scene, it's the same music. Or like every time that Tracy like got like yes, infuriated, loses that her mind, loses her mind. It's the same song. I know it again. It goes back to it's like when you're treating the audience like, OK, we're going to let you know. But it, when it's done right, it doesn't feel like I'm being talked down to like I'm a five year old and I don't understand what's happening. I feel like it's actually adding to the character in the movie. And like I said, the the repetition of it where like that comes up. And I'm like, I absolutely love and they did it with multiple characters in multiple situations to the movie. Tracy's being my by far my favorite that <laughs> like whenever she yes. lost her mind i i i really did love every every time something like that happened or i i caught the music in the background of an interaction it legitimately made me smile just because i'm like oh i really enjoy like again they're setting up all of these 
all of these characters have very defined interactions with one another to the point where they've actually defined the music that's in the background when these interactions happen. Well, I, I do want to focus on other characters, uh, the dynamic other than uh, Jim McAllister and Tracy. But just one last touch. You should think on paper, and we know if it were real life, the teacher has a, a significant advantage in terms of influence. That's why teacher-student relationships, that's why, number one, they're illegal, and number two, they're very problematic uh, because the power dynamic is just not there. But the scenes with Tracy, to your point, the 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 musical cue that they use, and I'm going to go ahead and butcher it, and I'm just going to make this sound as you did just we're in the same boat that that it, it it evens the playing field we know that even though jim is a teacher and tracy is a student jim's fucked he he's he's <laughs> in over his head he doesn't realize it yet but that's what i love about this movie is because very early on we know jim you're going to lose, brother. This is not going to end well for you, just like it didn't end well for your friend. And, and we'll get into that. But I just love the fact that even though student versus teacher should be slanted one way, advantage wise, not at all. If anything, yeah. we know Jim is overmatched. Yeah. And the, the last two things I want to touch on just real quick before we, we jump characters, just because it goes back to the whole ethics and morals thing. Another the more evidence towards Tracy, like not being like this manipulator, like Jim frames her up as like he man, she manipulated his friend Dave into having a relationship. But like <laughs> Dave, the first time you meet Dave in the movie, it is literally him saying the words her pussy gets so wet. And that is how he, the first time he refers to Tracy as as a as the audience i'm like that's not somebody who's in love or somebody who has been you know seduced by somebody like he i mean that's perverted language like that is i mean he is talking about her as nothing more than a sex object and then to go back to the whole jim's ethic versus moral thing where he knows ethically it's wrong for him to have a relationship with a student even though morally he might be okay with it is when he's watching the pornography in his home it's pornography of high school students like it's supposed to it's not high school students but it's two you know an actor and actress having sex as if they were high school students and i'm like so he still fantasizes about the students having sex and all this. so again it goes back to the fact that jim is is morally corrupt as far as i'm concerned like a completely morally corrupt he's just hanging on to an ethical thread that is preventing him from going down the same path his buddy dave did yeah, I think it's at the end of the day, it's virtue signaling. It's he's performatively a good person. He He's willing to talk about good things. Hey, this is bad. This is good. You shouldn't do this. But if the opportunity presents itself, Jim is no different than his friend. Yep. So you wanted to touch on some other characters? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's go into Paul, because I think a lesser movie uh, would treat Paul in a different way. I think Paul ultimately is the moral center of this movie. I don't think Paul I would say is he's the, one character the moral just. To, I don't think he's the moral center. I think I think he's on the, the opposite think, side of. Let me ask Jim. you this. I don't 
I don't think Paul has any sort of ill intentions. None In fact, whatsoever. he might not have any intentions, which, I mean, let's obviously Paul has played for a dumb character. But Is he supposed almost... to be playing Keanu Reeves? I mean, did they just tell him to act like Keanu Reeves from... Um, what is it? Bill and Ted? From every, I mean, from every movie that Keanu Reeves has done? Yes. I mean, there's a reason that uh, Chris Klein's career did not take off. It's because <laughs> Keanu Reeves is still Keanu acting. Reeves? <laughs> yeah. So every role that Keanu Reeves could have done that Chris Klein could have done, Keanu's like, no, I'm still acting. But <laughs> this is the one example where I feel like his his performance as as it were he paul is i mean you don't think he's the moral center and i'm curious to know the difference but he never there's not one point where he uses another character this movie for a negative reason every everything he does is genuine and I, I, I think that's the best way to say it I guess the reason I don't say moral center is to me when you say center, we're talking about a scale. And to me, the center is is neutral. And to me, Paul represents the most like just or like just genuine person. Whereas I feel like honestly, Jim and in they try again, they try and make Tracy out to be the same level as Jim. Like they're kind of that moral side over there. I would honestly say Tammy is probably the moral center if I was going to try and pick one of the main characters to, to play that role. Where I think she did some things genuinely to help people and then sometimes she was manipulative to help herself. Where like, again, she's kind of that, you know, she's the middle ground. She's going to wind up being good and bad. Um... I guess is, yeah, is the reason why I would I, I would argue I against that. that. I, I can see where Tammy is the center in the sense that she makes decisions, uh, good or bad. Paul, he's completely a pawn on the chessboard. He's only moved around the board. Like, I, I believe he is a good person, but he's under the control of everyone else at all times. Mm-hmm. Which, politically speaking, raises some good questions where, you know, is that the perfect candidate? You know, if, if you're talking about the Manchurian candidate, Paul would be the answer because he's he would score well on, you know, uh, polls, surveys. But at the end of the day, he's he's an empty vessel, which you can control. And I, I, I guess that's why this movie, it's informative in terms of politics. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those. I was like, I. It's crazy how it felt on the nose in '99. That I mean, politics have not changed at all. And I was even trying to think, I'm like '99, that would have been Gore versus Bush. So I was like, are they trying to make any comments? Especially when uh, Tracy goes into the whole thing about like, you know, there's people with silver spoons in their mouths that are given everything. They don't have to work for anything like I have to. But then that's before you really get any kind of establishment as to who Paul is. And I'm like. I felt like that was almost kind of lost because almost immediately after her saying like Paul is only going to win because he's the most popular and he has a silver spoon in his mouth and he didn't earn it. Paul proves himself as being worthy of being president because at the end of the day, he does want what's best for people. And even, you know, you say Paul doesn't make any decisions, but after Paul thought he won the election and he sees Mr. M at that whatever fucking restaurant they were at. 
he really starts giving him ideas of what he wants to do and some of it is like there's some of them are ridiculous like the haunted house but the first thing he gives off is he wants to throw a fair for was it kids with cerebral palsy or i forget what exactly there's some disease he wants to like and he's he genuinely wants to help people even though if he doesn't necessarily know how to do it and that's again where i look at it as like paul might come from wealth and all that but he's still just a genuine person he's the only genuine person in in the movie oh 100 uh again i i think if you're gonna like a, a character from this movie i think it's paul uh but it's just interesting to think about how you could easily see even to the high school level if he were to be elected how things would he would be controlled by outside parties, outside influences. Mm. Paul is not his own person. No. You know, even if he wins, it's because there's a hand, uh, you know, not to get too graphic, there's a hand inside of him, and he's a puppet. That's yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we're going to talk about favorite, I mean, honestly, my favorite character in the movie, well, let's see, who do you think my favorite character the in this film was? Knowing me, you know, we have history, Travis. Who do you think who do you think is the character I probably related to or appreciated the most? Oh, I, I mean, in my opinion, it's Tammy. Just go ahead and burn it down. Yeah, that would definitely Tammy was like when she gets up there and does that speech where she's like, Who gives a fuck about any of this? I'm like, Oh, Tammy's my girl. And then not only that, Tammy's playing her own fucking game. Like when when she goes and she confesses to taking the posters down, I was like okay where is this going like what is her motivation and then when it was you know as soon as the parents are like we're gonna send you to that other school i'm like oh this was her game the whole time her whole plan was just to get the like she did not want to be in the school anymore she had her own ulterior motive and she was playing her own game using everyone else's chessboard like i i absolutely loved tammy and even where tammy wound up in the movie i i really appreciated Oh, absolutely. I remember as a high school student getting in trouble and you're telling me that the punishment is I don't I don't have to go to class. I just get to sit in a room. Now, that was in school suspension, but even in school suspension, hey, I'll just catch up on my work and listen to my headphones. It's great. You're telling me out of school suspension? Just don't come to school. Just, mm -hmm. hey, it's Tuesday. Go ahead and figure out what you want to do with your day other than go to school. So, yeah, Tammy had her own agenda, and she was playing the system from the beginning. Yep. Now, let me ask you, though, I, I think to this point we've been we've, – we've praised this movie. Is there anything – do you think this movie failed on any level? Yes, very much so. My biggest complaint, and I'm interested to hear what you say about this, not to bring up a previous trilogy that we did, but with your complaints with Southpaw, I felt that this movie, there was little to no character development in this movie. And that was my biggest complaint is when you get to the end of the movie, I don't feel like any of the characters learned anything, aside from Tammy, I don't feel like any of the characters learned anything, grew, changed, were punished for what they did. Everyone got essentially what they wanted at the end of the movie. No one was left holding the bag, except for maybe Dave. And honestly, Dave might be happy where he's at because maybe he's moved along because now he's working at the hardware store. But ultimately, and what's interesting with it is I looked that up. 
Did you know there was actually an alternate ending that was not used for this movie? Uh, I did not know that. Uh, I disagree with your thesis in general, but let me hear what the alternate ending was first. So the alternate ending was faithful to the book and how the book ended. And in the alternate ending, Jim stays in Omaha and he is hired as a used car salesman by one of his former students instead of moving to New York. Tracy winds up encountering Jim while looking to buy a car, and the two settle their differences before she has him sign her yearbook. So they bury the hatchet. Does she buy the car? <laughs> Maybe she buys his car. I don't know. Which, by the way, we need to talk about how shitty his car <laughs> is. For <I've, laughs> well, not just how shitty his car is. There's it is, and I don't know if this is intentional, but I, I I try to give directors and creatives the benefit of the doubt. But there are two moments where he is sitting in his car and hit one of them sitting in his car. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the fucking seatbelt, those annoying ass seatbelts that kind of come up and like strangle you because they automatically pull up. Yep. Yep. There's two scenes where he's sitting in his car and he closes the door and that seatbelt comes up and grabs him. One is when he is talking to Tracy at the beginning of the movie and Tracy winds up basically hanging him and the other is when he's talking to Linda right after that they boned, and this the 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 um the seatbelt comes up and grabs him. I'm like, I I'm like, I hope that it was intentional that that basically because everyone knows at that time how annoying those fucking seatbelts and they always kind of grab you and pull you back and strangle you. Um, and I'm like, I just was that kind of like a very like metaphorical noose in that seatbelt because not only that, and there's another scene later in the movie where he's. He's driving with like next to one of his former students and they have the same like seatbelt system, but their seatbelt is unclipped like they don't have that stupid system hooked up. So I'm like, it had to have been a choice that they would have him sit there and him be grabbed by that seatbelt twice in specifically in scenes with the two women who basically uh, end his end his life, you know, whether it's his fault or not. They they are they end his career and they end his um, personal life. Well, you know it's, it's it's interesting that you brought that up because you almost presented it as if did Jim end his own life? Did he blow up his own life, or was it the responsibility of the women uh, involved in this situation, whether it be Tracy or the wife of his? or the ex-wife of his colleague. Uh, it's pretty clear that Jim's at fault here, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, J Jim destroyed his own life. Well, it's, it's just funny because I'm remembering the, the voiceover that Tracy has uh, talking about, I think, her affair with, uh, I'm sorry, what's the, what's the friend's name that's Dave. in the rock band? Dave. Dave. Yeah. She talks about, hey, you know, it's not, you know, I grew up without a father. You may think that this whole relationship is because I needed a father figure. And then she immediately, she's just like, no, that's not the case. And then she's like, you know, he just provided security. He seemed so strong. Like, it, it's very clear that Jim and... Uh, his colleague, they're, they're in the wrong, but yet Tracy, at all turns, Tracy is presented as the stronger figure. She's in control of things, but yet she's actually the 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. 
you, you know, it's just funny that the way this movie presents itself, the, the men are at the, the, the disposal of Tracy, but yet she's the kid in this. Yeah. So you said that you disagreed with my, with me saying that the characters have little to no development. Go on. Uh, you're right in that sense, because I feel like I, I don't disagree with that element, but the thing is, everybody is set to their natural trajectory. Tracy is somebody who is vying to win the high school presidency. It, it makes sense that ultimately she's, I mean, what would you say? She's a cabinet member, at least, of a senator or a congressman. Yes, she's she's in politics. She's made it into politics. Yes, everybody in this movie reaches their natural progression. I, I feel like Jim McAllister is all he can ever hope to be and aspire to be is an educator. Uh, and that's why by the end of this movie, he's he's a tour guide, basically in a museum, because that's all he can do. He doesn't create anything new for himself. He's just, I'll present this. Uh, and then, I, I don't know, where where does the, uh, Jim's colleague, where does he end up at the end of this movie? Dave is basically like working in some kind of like small convenience store, like putting price tags on items. So D Dave crumbles. Dave doesn't like rebound or, or you know, wind up doing anything else. Um, so where do you... Talk about that. Where do you where do you put the hierarchy? Uh, so Tracy Flick is moving up the political ladder. Uh, Jim McAllister is he's still an educator. He's still presenting things. And then his colleague is, like you said, working in a fucking hardware store. Do you think there's any sort of commentary on people's role in society there? No, if I'm completely honest, knowing that there was an alternate or an alternate ending that was made for this and it followed the book, I feel like this was a result of test audiences wanting like a positive story for everybody. Because despite Matthew Broderick being a piece of shit in this movie, Matthew Broderick is kind of like that innocent, charming, like a lot of people still probably associate him with Theorist Bueller. Like he's he's not um, aggressive in any way. He's kind of, you know, soft so it's one of those things where i'm sure people didn't want to see him get completely fucked over even though it's his own fault so i just feel like at the end of the day they wound up scrapping what could have been like a really i don't want to say positive story if somebody had to be fucked over but like a a good story and and again going back to an, a message about the whole thing to kind of appease audiences because again it winds up being like matthew broderick always wanted to be an educator so now he is an educator he's in a large city he's talking about how good it is he's in another relationship like everything he says makes it sound like he's doing great but it was all a result of because he completely fucked everything up on it on his own like dave even if you want to go back and be like well dave didn't didn't wind up getting you know anything positive like they already established that dave didn't know what the fuck he was doing in his life like he was in high school because he didn't want to leave high school so who's to say that what dave's doing now in the hardware store is is bad i mean tammy got everything she wanted which she deserved because tammy's the best um and then even you know paul paul wound up like doing doing well as well like just nobody nobody took it in the shorts despite the fact that we were led to believe 
that what many people were doing in this movie were was wrong. What you know, again, going back to the moral and ethics, like morally, ethically, what they did was wrong. But at the end of the day, everything came out in the wash. And I guess that was that's kind of my issue with the movies. I'm like, at the end of the day, what was the message of this movie? If you know, it doesn't matter what you do. At the end of the day, you'll probably wind up on top. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the best way to put it is morally, I don't know who we're supposed to side with. I, I can name a lot of characters that we should we should side against uh, that seem to be morally reprehensible. But ultimately, I think the big test of this movie is who do you think the hero is? I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't know... I don't know if I would put I, I that like there it, is a hero. It's like, easy to say it's easy to say who is not the hero. But if you had to pick who is your point of view character? I definitely think it's McAllister, because you follow him primarily and it's his life. You 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 watch kind of unravel and all that. I think that it's almost like what happened with the breakup where you have two. You try and and have two main characters, and then at a certain point, you have to sacrifice one of them in order to focus on one character. And I think it happens here, where you could have gone further with Tracy and what happened with Tracy, but instead you focus on McAllister and the fact that he fucked everything up, and he wound up, you know, trying to to cheat Tracy out of it. Because basically, once Tracy realizes she loses. The next scene is her crying, and then the next scene, it's not her coming to terms with, it's okay if I'm not the president, or, you know, this will just give me inspiration to move, to be, to work harder and better, like, sometimes the most popular, like, person, it's basically, she cries, and then it's the reveal that the janitor found the ballots, and it's like, so there's no time for you to actually empathize with tracy or for you to see her grow as a person she basically goes from i lost she sits down because she doesn't you know cause a scene at the assembly and then the next thing is her being righted that she actually was the president and seeing what she does as president of the student council so it's like again there would have been nice if there was a 10 minute period at which point tracy has like a dialogue with her mom about losing and Tracy growing. But instead, it's basically, well, maybe you didn't do enough posters or maybe you didn't take enough advice, Tracy. If you had listened to somebody else, maybe you would have won. And it's like, is that really what we're talking? Is that, that's not why Tracy lost, you know? And even then, she didn't grow in the fact that she felt she deserved it or saw that there was, she starts to go down the path where she talks about, she thought it would be all that, like everything she wanted, but you know, nobody signed her yearbook and you know, Paul, he was so popular and all that. And like, she missed out on some of that stuff. But again, it just, it never felt like she actually grew because even then she makes this monologue, but you never see her take that newfound knowledge and apply it to anything. It's just a random monologue at the end of the movie. Which, I don't want to cut you short, but it feels like you have strong feelings on Tracy, maybe character motivations. I want to kind of transition. Is there anything that you would change about this movie? I, I don't I don't know if we want to go into Chop Shop immediately, but I feel like both of us have some ideas on, on where we could go with this movie. What do you think? Yes. If, if you know, pre-Chop Shop, if my, my biggest thing is I think there's there are three or four scenes missing from this movie that would have taken it from a seven to like a solid nine. Like I know critically it was well received and all that. I just, and 
you know, you always try and put the the goggles on or the, the hat on. It's like, okay, I'm in I'm in 2021. A lot of movies have come after this and built upon this premise, and I've seen it done well in other situations. Is it one of those where, like, in 99, like, holy shit, this was kind of groundbreaking and the way that they were addressing this material and all that. And now it's like kind of going back and watching The Godfather where it's like, well, what the fuck was this all cracked up about, you know? It loses right. some of its, you know, if if you're not watching it in the time, in the moment, it it loses some of its its glamour. So I, you know, and I, I try and think about that when I look at it. But like I said, I just I feel like this movie is it is so close to just being fantastic. And instead, it's just great, you know. Yeah, I I think that my only beef with this movie because I, I i think it is it has a lot to say i love the dynamic between i mean this movie is just a good microcosm of politics in the country that we live in i mean let's be honest i think the 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 last maybe 15 to 20 minutes i think the movie does not know and i'm not sure if i know where we should leave these characters at the end. Um, because I, if we're debating between Tracy and Jim McAllister on who's the hero, it's, it's Tracy, no doubt. But I, I don't think the movie knows where to leave these two characters. So we, we leave off with, you know, Jim's a, a tour guide in Washington, D.C., and realizes that Tracy is on a cabinet of a senator, uh, you know, the congressman, I, we don't know, but we realize that Tracy is on her way up while Jim is just at best. He's a tour guide at a museum, but I just, I just wish that there was more at the end. And it's, I guess it's to me, I, I look back to anything, everything that we have learned about Jim suggests that he is fine being a tour guide at a museum. Like that is, that is what he cares about. He's con- he got to continue being an educator. And I guess that, well, that's why it goes back to like the original ending, the book ending of this to me is more satisfying because he basically he he was wrong on 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 a personal level with what he did with his wife and taking advantage of his best friend's wife, ex-wife. And basically what he did against Tracy because he, you know, couldn't he he thought that he was going to fall to temptation he shouldn't have been rewarded for those decisions because he basically leaves Omaha. He goes to the big app and even it just sounds like, Oh, he, you know, he's, he's doing really well. For some reason they decide to add that he has a relationship, which again, it just, it continues to add to nothing happened to him. He just, he had to leave his hometown, but it's not, again, there were no roots that we were aware of in the movie, like family that he had to abandon or anything like that. It's just like, Oh, nope, I fucked up. So I'm going to pick myself up, replant myself in New York city, the big apple. Um, and, and everything's going to be swell. Yeah. I think my biggest complaint, uh, about this movie ties into what you just said, because when Dave's life crumbles, when, that ridiculous fucking photo album or whatever he made for Tracy, like, Hey, let's, let's get away to this Island in the Tahiti's. And you realize that the, it's the principal looking at this fucking book. <laughs> like that's a, you could you could feel that like, Hey, I cannot imagine being Dave in that situation. And I have just completely ruined my fucking life. And my boss is looking at this fucking book 
and I'm basically committing statutory rape on a 16-year-old. And yeah, what does he do? He fucking breaks into tears. Like, those consequences should have been the same for Jim McAllister. Mm -hmm. But at the end of this movie, ultimately, like you said, he's just... Yeah, it's not glamorous, but he's still guiding a tour. He's still getting what he wants, which is to be an educator, uh, showing people through the museum. It doesn't seem like he pays the penalty for being like, like a really bad, bad person. Well, and he hasn't moved on from what happened at the school. Like he's now in New York. He winds up instead of like you think he's going to forgive everything, like bury the hatchet. But instead he throws the soda at the at the car and i'm like right okay so you didn't move past that either and the more i think like again when you ask me like who's the villain who's the hero who do you root for and all that and i'm like it still goes back to what did tracy actually do in this movie to deserve that level of hatred like he blames her for him losing but at the end of the day the only thing he can be upset about Tracy is that he thinks she lied about stealing the posters. That's it. Aside from that, she was just a very, like, overly ambitious student. You know, that's the only thing he she didn't do anything wrong to to warrant the feelings he has towards her. And again, it goes back to the whole thing where he is so not self-aware, unself-aware of himself in the situation he's around. And he, again, doesn't grow past that. It's a, and that's again where it goes to the to the thing where like he doesn't grow as a character because he throws the Pepsi. Exactly. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's clear who you should side with in this movie. But I'm not I'm not sure that the director believes that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, very much so. Because to me, it, it's pretty clear if you just if this were ripped from the headlines and you read a news article about how everything went went down you would know jim McAllister is a gigantic piece of shit <laughs> and tracy flick is the person you should side with but yet this movie it presents it where you're it, it's trying to make you go down the middle on it this, but it seems pretty obvious this director had a tracy flick in their life and the director felt if he ended the movie with tracy being the good guy that the, the tracy in his life was going wins so he couldn't do it <laughs> That's what that feels uh, like. Brett, yeah. Brett, I was not going to mention this, but it's very interesting that you brought that up because the director of this, Alexander Payne, uh -huh. uh, Google him. That's all I'll say. Uh, maybe he should be canceled. That's all I'm saying. Huh. So, yeah, this movie is uh, – mm, it illustrates a lot on the part of the director. So I'll leave it there. Um but now we, we we've we've listed what we like about the movie, what we don't like. It feels like it's it's natural that we should get to the chop shop. How do you feel? Oh, I think we're ready to get in some choppy chops, so let's do it. Travis, I'd like to hear your chop shop first. pressure brett but i, I mean, do have some thoughts i do right. have some thoughts 
All right. So let's think about Paul Meltzer. Okay. All right. It doesn't roll off the tongue. That name does not roll off the tongue. Paul Meltzer. It it doesn't quite have the ring of, say, a Jason Bourne. But let's just say that it does. Because, I mean, Jason Bourne is just a boring white man name. And so is Paul Meltzer. Mm -hmm. And... I like the Jason Bourne franchise. I don't. I don't know how you feel about it. The Bourne identity, the Bourne supremacy. I'm a big fan of the Bourne franchise. If I'm honest, Travis. I I enjoy it as well, and I'm thinking though, Jason Bourne. He doesn't seem to be the most with it guy. You know, he's not. He didn't get a perfect 36 on his ACT. Let's just say that. Mm-mm. So instead of Jason Bourne, we got Paul Meltzer. And Paul Meltzer goes rogue out there. He's a government agent, and he kind of breaks away. Who are we going to fucking find to try to get into the mind of Paul Meltzer? Well, it's Tracy Flick. So oh, we have a Jason okay. Bourne-type espionage film. But who, who can get into the mind of the guy who betrayed, quote-unquote, betrayed the government? Paul Melter, he's out there. Well, there was this girl named Tracy Flick, and she ran against him for high school president. She's the only person that's ever gone toe-to-toe with Paul Melter this way, you know? Okay. So we've got a lot of we've got a lot of scenes of, of people in fucking boardrooms and there's a lot of phones and a lot of headsets and it's like, hey, son of a bitch. God damn, that's Paul Meltzer. How are we gonna stop Paul Meltzer? Hey, call Tracy Flick. Tracy Flick's in the, the command center, she's got her headset on. It's a it's a globe trotting espionage thriller with Tracy Flick trying to hunt down Paul Meltzer. Okay, okay. She, could, I love she this. couldn't beat him in high school, but maybe she can track him down for the government now. I, I love That's, where this is going, Travis. All right. I'm going to tack on if you can. If, if, if you'll allow me, I want to tack on a little bit. I want to see if I can take this. Take please, this. Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay, here we go. It's, it's we're, we're in the pitch. We're in the pitch room right now. All right. I love where this is going, Travis. I'm thinking at a certain point, third act of the movie, Tracy... She she locates Mr. Meltzer, all right? Finds out she's she's captured him, right? She's bested the Meltz man. And as she is Ooh. trying, as she is, you know, she's trying to find, why? Why, Paul? Why would you do this? Why would you betray? She finds out Paul wasn't betraying his country. He was trying to save it from the one person he cares or that he cares oh, most about. Shit. His oh, no. sister, Tammy no. Meltzer has become a terrorist. She's an anti-American Fuck. terrorist, and he he goes rogue to find his sister, who we already know is super anti-authority. We've established that in high school as well. All right? Mm. It's the natural progression of where Tammy's gonna go. All right? She's become radicalized. She is a homegrown terrorist, but he has to stop Tammy. He's the only one who can stop Tammy alive. Otherwise, he knows Tammy's gonna get killed. Because she's become the leader of a radical group. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I mean, Brett, that kind of sets up a situation where 
now we're in a Mexican standoff. Who do we side with? Do we side with Tracy's side of things? Or Paul? Or or who's the sister? Tammy. Tammy. Now we've got three dynamic sides, and I don't I don't know. Well, not only that, we, we're gonna find who are we out. For? We're gonna find there's gonna out. Be violence. Oh, there's gonna be violence, Travis. We're gonna find out that the reason Tammy became radicalized. All oh, right. Oh shit. Is because her lesbian lover was killed. Oh. Was killed. Fuck. By an anti-gay uh, protest. And because she feels that the government did nothing to step in and save her lover, that's how she becomes radicalized. Now we're going to get into the true politics, all right? We're getting into real politics, and you don't know who to side with now. Everyone has, everyone is justified in their their actions and their and their beliefs. Now I mean, we're the thing a real is, pickle. Everybody's got their flashback, their powerful mm-hmm. flashback, where you understand this is what's in it for Paul, you know? Mm-hmm. He was a jock. He was a jock, but he had a terrible skiing accident. It, it means more. Yeah. Oh. Now that mm. family means everything to Paul. Everything. You know, he has to save his sister. And as he's gotten older, he's he's begin to understand because he's a little dense. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's be- he begins to understand what Tammy went through. You know, especially with their parents. I. It feels like maybe we're building a fast and furious universe, though, with election, you know, because it's all about family, you know? Mm hmm. You can have election, re election, the big lie. Yeah, all sorts of, all sorts of election tie ins, you know? Impeachment, you know? Oh, impeachment. I like that. I'm I'm digging it. The so, second term. Mm-hmm. It feels like, again, maybe we have a better version of this movie than is presented, but. I feel like we have the next chapter of this movie. That's what we have. Now, I'm, I'm curious. You, you, normally you get into the taglines, the, the trailer side of things. Were were there taglines for this movie? There were, but I was gonna I was gonna present a little bit of my chop shop, and see what you thought about oh. that. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were building on my impeccable script. Please. It what? Well, what I want you, I want to see what you think about mine and see if you can build off of mine now, Travis. All right. Because now that we Bob have the builder now 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 that we have an entire franchise we're working with, we're gonna take this movie. All right, election. But we're going to look through it through a different lens, all right? We're going to do the same movie, not a reboot, all right? But just a different lens. So I want to f- I want to shoot Election as a high school film noir. Almost like uh li- like a brick, you know? But no drugs. Okay. Okay. So okay. It, it's a film noir set in high school and basically I want to keep it with the kids, right? And I want the two investigators to wind up being two kids. Maybe a special counsel, you know, uh, brought in from from the student council to figure out what exactly is going on. And basically, all the you know, every time we have a narration or anything like that, I want that to be an interview style where it cuts back. At a certain point, we're gonna have to see McAllister with like his 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 uh, swollen eye lighting a cigarette or something like that as he's describing 
what uh what tracy has done to him and stuff like that like it just i want to really really dive down into it but at the same time it still has to keep that dark comedy tone of it so one of our investigators is is going to be pretty inept you know he's he's going to fuck some shit up you know he's going to be the guy who touches something without gloves on people are going to freak out and then it's going to be like this is high school what the fuck are you guys talking about like there is no forensics lab like it's it's one of those we still have to keep like a a, a a the comedic tone you know but ultimately yeah, okay. it, i i would i think it would be fun to watch this movie because there is so much narration in the movie um as if it were actually like people being investigated and then as the narrations continue we're gonna see flashbacks that way and then you know we'll we'll get to see two new characters to bring in to our election election franchise all right that maybe show up later and later down the road in re-election you know yes i even down to the the weird kid that you brought up uh when when jim pulls up beside him and the kid just is disgusted by jim cheating like there's a whole universe that that we could exploit exploit you know you know what that's a strong word not exploit just (laughs) you know explore expand the universe Mm -hmm. this this whole high school yeah it's it's ripe for expansion all right, I can dig it. All right, so you want to get into some taglines now. I got some taglines. You want to do taglines or you want to do market value first? Uh, I'm, I'm curious what the taglines are for a movie like this. All right. Well, let's get into it. We're going to get you we're going to get you license and registration here. We're going to get you some taglines. I'm going to give you three taglines, Travis. I need you to okay. tell me which of the three taglines came from the movie The Hit, Critical Hit, 1999 Election. I'm Are ready. you ready? All right. Your first tagline is ethically challenged, morally corrupt. Ooh, I, I hope that's the tagline. Jesus Christ. Okay, go Your ahead. Your second tagline is reading, writing, revenge. Ooh. And your third Ooh. tagline is, may the best loser win. Uh, cut that one out. That's that's not the answer. That's not the answer. I hope. All right, so as in with all, all of my, my taglines, there's the real tagline. There is a tagline from a related movie, what I find related in whatever way I choose. And then there is one that I have invented myself. May the best loser win is from the movie The Campaign, starring Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. So good call. You have, you've cut out the, uh, the related tagline. Okay. All right. Well... I need to say that the the remaining two taglines, they might be better than the actual movie. Um, (laughs) Set me up again. All right. Ethically challenged, morally corrupt. Reading, writing, revenge. Ooh. I'm going to eliminate reading, writing, revenge. I don't I don't think that's a tagline. All right, so you think the tagline for election is 
ethically challenged, morally corrupt. Yes. Sir, that is my tagline. Oh, see, it, it fits too perfectly. Yours <laughs> fits too perfectly. Um, yes, I believe this movie only had one tagline and it was reading. Yeah, it was reading, writing revenge. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Uh, ethics and morals, that should be the central premise of this movie. Uh, ergo, that should be in the tagline, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Um, so before we close it out uh, with, oh no, we have we still have market value. What am I thinking, yo? Oof. See, you, you got me, you got me all 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 over the place. There is one before we do market value, because um, we'll close out the show with that. I do want to bring up one other thing that I thought was interesting that I don't think actually. Unfortunately, it was at that time where product placement was going nuts, and I I thought it was actually more uh, not philosophical, but like intentional than it really was. So. Uh, Tracy has the conversation with Mr. McAllister in his car towards the beginning of the movie where she talks about how Coke is the you know, the most popular soft drink brand in the world, but they still spend the most money on advertising. And then right after that is the scene where he is drinking, or he throws a Pepsi out of his car into a dumpster. Again, going back to the fact that he's morally corrupt. He does that. He also pisses on the tree in the woman's front yard. Again, he's a morally corrupt character, which might go to the fact that Matthew Broderick was probably not the right casting for that either. But um, so there's that. And then later. Uh, so I, I saying, mean, why? Because he, he killed a person in a car accident. Is that, is that what you're saying? He's just, he's just too soft. Uh, you needed somebody oh, okay. with a little gotcha. bit more grit to him, you know? Fair uh, enough. Proceed. Go ahead. <laughs> not because he got away with it. But um, so right after she does it, the next scene is him dumping his trash into a dumpster, like a. Uh, behind a, a place and there's a Pepsi and I'm like oh man this is them establishing that he's already kind of like defies expectation he's already outside of what the you know Coke is the most popular but he drinks Pepsi and then right after that there's a scene of him walking down the stairs to watch his porno holding a Pepsi can with the Pepsi label out and I'm like oh no this is just clearly product placement and then at the end he throws the Pepsi cup at the truck I'm like nope I was like I thought that was they were trying to be a little bit more poetic with that and it just wound up being product placement so, I just wanted to bring yeah, that up. I mean, which is not product placement that I would want if I'm, you know, CEO <laughs> of Pepsi, but whatever. You know how that's how they pitch that? I mean, it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Matthew Broderick, we've got Matthew Broderick for this movie election. He's going to be walking around Pepsi. He's, you know, he's huge. He's huge. Everybody, Ferris Bueller's Day Out, everybody loves Matthew Broderick. This, I don't, did Mousetrap come out at this time? Mousetrap had to have come out before, right? <laughs> Yeah, this also probably would have been directly off of Godzilla. Uh, oh, which shit, was you're right. Not a good moment for Matthew Broderick. So, yeah, interesting. Um, so let's see, just uh, just because we're there. Election was 99, following that he did Inspector Gadget after this. So this might have actually been kind of the, the height of Matthew Broderick. Walking to the Waterline, I'm unfamiliar with, was 98. Godzilla was 98. Addicted to Love was 97. The Cable Guy was 96, so he's probably still coming off of that. And 94, he was the voice of the Lion King. So, like, this this might have been, like, towards peak Matthew Broderick. Fuels Bueller was 86. I feel like that's where he kind of got his start, but, like, I feel like the 90s was, was Matthew Broderick's time. And then... 
Mousetrap I mean, had to have come I think, way after again, that. Again, th- I think he did run over somebody in oh, a car, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, how do you think he got away with it? So uh, the, the box office of this uh, <laughs> this cinematic masterpiece, Ooh, I assume. I'm not so sure about that. So the budget of this movie. Now, this is a weird one, all right? Because looking up the research for this, I got two very different numbers. And when I say two very different numbers, I got eight point between eight point five million and twenty five million dollars. And literally, that's how it is listed on some of the sites that I looked at. It is eight point five to twenty five. So apparently no one knows how much they actually spent on this fucking movie. But according to Box Office Mojo and IMDb, which I believe are basically the same thing, the budget for the movie was twenty five million dollars. Uh, it accumulated. Oh, okay. Grow or a worldwide gross was four well basically fifteen million dollars. So it was about two million or ten million in the hole. This was this was a box office flop. Yeah, I I, I don't find that surprising, but again, I I think it's it's a good movie. I don't think audiences in 1999 were prepared for the complexity of everybody's kind of a piece of shit in this movie. You said, but isn't that the same year that Gladiator came out? Which is probably why this didn't do well, because everybody was watching Gladiator. No, Gladiator was I mean, 2000. N- 99 was a great year in film. I mean, this is the same year as The Matrix, so... Yeah, I, I can see why this movie gets lost in the shuffle, which is probably why... It's weird when you watch it because nobody's likable. But again, 99, a great year in, in, in cinema. This movie oh, probably got lost in the shuffle. American Beauty, For the Love of the Game, Cruel Intentions, October Sky, uh, Blast from the Past, yes. Fight Club, uh, the, oh shit. No, yeah, this... Oh, AK, Fight Club, uh, a small little movie called Fight Club, yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. This movie didn't have a fucking shot in hell. <laughs> the Sixth Sense, Big Daddy. I mean, yeah, no, this... It was up yeah, against American Pie, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. 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 Jo- yeah. 1999, there's a reason that goes down as a all-time year in cinema. But yeah, this movie... Absolutely gets lost in the shuffle because of that. The Matrix, The Mummy. Yeah, this... I wonder what it came out against. Uh, no, I'll have to look that up another time. But yeah, so, you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll take the show. I think we kind of tipped our hand at the beginning. You know, where where do we fall in terms of this movie? Is it is it something you want to own? Something you want to rent? Is it something worth watching because it's free on Prime right now? Like, uh, where, where, do you, where do you land? Where's your recommendation? Uh, I I, th- I think it's a very fun movie. Um, I think it's informative. I think there, there's no downside in watching this movie. If you if you're just a Reese Witherspoon fan, you will enjoy this movie. If you're looking for some sort of deeper commentary on politics, this movie's for you. Uh, there's literally you can engage this movie at any level and enjoy it. So. I would absolutely buy this on Blu-ray, especially if there's any sort of bonus features. What about you, Brett? Yeah, it's one. It'd be a bargain bin for me. It's one of those. uh, I won't call it a guilty pleasure because it's way better than that. It's it is very enjoyable. I think you should definitely watch it because it's free on Amazon. It is at at least worth that watch. Um, 
my only complaint or the only you know caveat is don't expect to walk away from the movie with any level of fulfillment um and i think if you know that if you just take it at face value it's it's definitely worth the watch there's plenty of fun scenes and stuff like that like i said i just i feel like it is it is a few scenes short of being you know just fantastic and again at, at the end of the day i uh I think they should have kept the original ending from the book because I think the ending that they came up with just doesn't it doesn't make you feel like anything happened in the movie, you know? Yes, I, I, I definitely agree. I think there's almost a artistic artistic artistic. No, I like that. no, it's artistic. It's good. You yeah. Know? I'll, I'll be sure to edit that part out. But mm-hmm. artistically speaking, I think it's almost – it's a good commentary that, like you said, nobody really wins and nobody really loses, which is kind of politics on mm-hmm. the level of our understanding or the level of just the layman's understanding. So what could be a complaint about the movie is that – hey, the status quo doesn't change. I mean, that's politics. The status quo doesn't change. So in that regard, I've got to approve of this movie. Yep, so there you have it. The uh, seal of approval from both of your your local cinema mechanics. So uh, with that, I think we'll, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to go and watch the movie yourself. If you have Amazon Prime, which at this point, who doesn't? It is free there, so go ahead and give it a watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand again why the uh, the Treadway County Businessman of the Year went to Brett and not me. I mean, it's a group deal, but hey, congratulations. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, that no, that was amazing. I was uh I was holding myself back. <laughs>